Hey friends, my name is Yaro and you're listening to the Creative Nature Podcast. I'm coming to you with another solo episode in the exploration series and yeah, I really appreciate your feedback for the last one. I enjoy making these as a way to talk a little bit more in depth about things that are on my mind at the moment and things that come up in conversations with friends and with guests on the show. And so today um, I want to talk about making and creativity as spiritual nourishment. I have a few announcements before I start. The first one is that next weekend I'm offering a free workshop on developing a sustainable <laughs> a spirit. And oh my god, let me start the sentence again. It's a workshop on developing a sustainable journaling practice. So I know a lot of people like to journal or document their lives in some way, but are finding it hard to stay committed to the practice and make time for it so it'll be a whole hour devoted to that and I yeah I really am excited I love talking about this it's free to sign up I'll link to it in the show notes um this is also part of the creative nature coven which you can join at any time if you like we have creative co-working sessions twice a month so if this is your jam that would be a way um at relatively low cost to be in community around your commitment to be creative all right, so making a creativity a spiritual nourishment. I want to begin with my story um, of spirituality and like how that came to be and what mattered to me at different points in my life. So I wasn't brought up religious. My parents were not part of any religion. My grandparents were, but it wasn't part of our family story. They weren't practicing anymore, at least when, since I was around. And I was born in 85. Um, and so my parents were really open to any of my questions. We talked about, you know, what happens to people when they die or what we believe. But they always said, you know, we want you to come up with your own beliefs, basically. And if you end up choosing religion, that's fine. Um, but we won't impose that on you. And I'm really grateful for that. But there were also moments, even in my very young childhood, where... I imagined that other people or other families who had religions and those rituals such as going to church on Sunday were really beautiful and meaningful and that I would feel comforted by having something like that as well. And I know that's complicated. I know some people will have experienced that as something nourishing and others will, you know, have had a really difficult, maybe even traumatic time with that. But that is obviously not something that... I knew about as a kid I just imagined that these families were so wholesome and that did the stuff together at the weekend and they kind of knew what they believed and where things were going and they had this framework and I wanted that for myself as well I remember also that when my parents got divorced when I was five I at the time made these little altars in my bedroom from found things so little rocks that I found and little um kind of fake gemstones that I was given and I really enjoyed that sitting there and I think that was um, like a practice of tending to me I like to put things in order and make things beautiful and have these moments of stillness and what felt like a chaotic time to me so maybe that's what I'm thinking about as like my first seeking in a way I um, when I was older I think about 10 or 11 I really uh, really intensely looked into religion and really considered joining one even though 
my parents were still, you know, kind of <laughs> not interested in at all. Um, sorry, that is my dog. He's all right. Um, so I, uh, I visited different religious groups in Hamburg, the city that I grew up in, and I did some workshops. And I think people were kind of like curious and found it a bit weird that such a young child was like on their own visiting these places. Um, but they were also really friendly and welcoming. Um, but I didn't, I didn't feel that I wanted to join any of those groups really. Um, but it felt nice, you know, I was curious, I was reading kind of um, some books about religion and different spiritualities, and I brought it up in school, and that was just important to me at the time. And I think as a teenager, I kind of really let go of that, as so many of us, you know, probably experienced, like there was a sense of just other things being way more important and confusing and strange, and I kind of lost attention to that part of my life in a way. I do remember going to yoga classes kind of between 13 and 18 and specifically going to senior yoga classes because they felt like a, a space of stillness where what the body looked like or what it could do didn't matter as much and again it's a bit strange that they were letting me be there um, and I'm really grateful that did <laughs> but I was clearly not a senior yet um, but yeah I experimented with meditation um, and and rituals, but um, and tarot as well. And I was journaling a lot as a teenager. Um, but I think there was a real limit to how much space I was able to give that in my life because because hormones probably. And yeah, so in my twenties, I think it became a bigger part again, and I was really. Um, especially in moments of heartbreak or transition. I was moving around a lot. I was really unhappy at work because I hadn't found a thing I really loved doing and I thought of myself as a quitter and I studied at a distance university for my first degree. So I was like studying full-time and working full-time. So I was always exhausted and always seeking, I guess, um, like stillness and relaxation and transcendence. Um, but finding it really hard to commit to any one particular thing. And I think I also wanted to be independent, like spiritual sovereignty is something that came up in a recent interview with uh, Lara Veleda Vesta, which I'm really excited to share soon. And we talked about how beautiful it, was, it can be when we don't need to seek these answers outside of ourselves, but when, when we can be with our own truth and have this really experimental exploratory understanding of spirituality and how we make sense and meaning of things um so I, I knew i wanted that but it was kind of also hovering um in these different spaces and and frankly also not being mindful enough of um cultural preparation and my privileges as a white person to be just curious you know and to explore these different things really without much without many repercussions and what I've come to now, I'm 36 now, so I'm not that old, there's hopefully still a lot of learning ahead of me in this lifetime. But um, yeah, creativity and making with my hands, I think at the moment really is the biggest part of my spiritual practice. And I wanted to record this episode to explore the different reasons for why that is. So I think there are things that we just can't process mentally. This week uh, brought a lot of those things to mind. 
there's the war in the Ukraine and there has been this hour on Friday morning. I don't know if that was true for you as well. It depends on your time zone and it depends on, I guess, where you are in the world. But there was, for me, there was this hour on Friday morning where I woke up, I checked the news first thing, which is not a great way to start your day. And I'm really trying not to do that, but it feels hard. I'm going to be honest, it feels hard to not do that at the moment. And anyway, I checked the news and I heard about the fire at one of the big nuclear stations. It's the biggest in Europe. And I think there was this little period of time where it wasn't clear if it was safe, if radiation had leaked or not. And so I was really scared. And I was kind of, you know, trying to go on a walk and trying to take my mind off things and to accept that, that there's nothing that I could change about that situation in the moment and that not, not all is lost and it, you know, could have had a different outcome and it did. But um, it took, at least in, in my timeline, it took about an hour until um, it was communicated that actually the fire was under control and nothing had happened. And I, yeah, I was scared and I was really thinking about what that would mean, what, what would the worst case scenario mean for me. And I went down to the river, which I do every day at the moment on my Highlands retreat, and that was really sweet and comforting. It's just so good to see that the river, you know, just does the same thing every day and has done the same thing for thousands of years. And... Also just to feel the grief of like, you know, that didn't happen, that's so wonderful, I'm so happy to be alive, but it could have happened and we have created these structures where we are in a world now where such a disaster is a real possibility, we're deeply dependent on destructive ways of consumption and destructive ways of creating energy systems for ourselves. And um, as I'm speaking about the war, I also want to say that I, I'm aware that White people are really good at ignoring war and conflict and and violence elsewhere that doesn't affect other white people. And so it seems that this war in the Ukraine is just receiving so much more attention right now. Um, so yeah, I know that is not the only war happening. It's I know it's not the only hardship or the only brutality in, in the world right now. <clears throat> But yeah, it is the one that is most present, I guess, in our consciousness at the moment. And and that was a big life event for all of us, I guess, what happened on Friday. And there's a lot of uncertainty about how this cookie is going to crumble, I guess. And so I'm really sensing at the moment for myself that there is stuff that I can't just process in my mind. That actually, some in some ways, my mind can be a real like um, barrier to really be present and to understanding my place in the world and to feel peaceful. So I'm relying so much more on my hand and on, on making and especially on like the repetitive movement that's soothing my nervous system, for example, through simple stitching or crochet, mainly through things that I don't have to think about too much, but that still come together as like a bigger picture in a beautiful way. So I've been making this altair cloth, for example, which is like a, a square of linen that will fit like a small table. And I hand hemmed it, so that in itself took a while. And now I'm just embroidering these circles on it and I'm exploring circles as a symbol of belonging and wholeness and safety. Um, and it's so simple, you know, I don't have to count or like follow a 
complicated pattern, but as I go round and round in these circles, it does come together as like a quite pleasing to look at image. And I really, that's just meaning a lot to me right now. Another piece in this thinking about making and creativity a spiritual nourishment is that I think in a way when we're making something, we're mirroring the universe and that's how we learn about ourselves and why we're here and what our place in the world is. Um, and that I know there's different theories about how the universe came to be. It's not For me, this is not about understanding necessarily physics or, or history or what we know about the stars, but more about thinking about what creation means and how precious it is that how precious it is that we are here in this form in these bodies and really seeing the beauty and the complexity in this planet i'm just looking out at pine trees and deer right now and i mean that's just so incredible if you really think about it if you step close and you took time to look at the different components of a pine tree for example and how miraculous it is that all of these different elements came together to make this landscape i think that's that's a moment of transcendence when you can be that present to really deeply appreciate that and making um yeah as a mirroring of that that brings me closer to being in that space more often Another element I really enjoy is seeing patterns. So I think through the year there are patterns in how I make and what feels important for me to make. So we're kind of at the edge of spring and winter now. Things are picking up. There's like a quickening. Um, I feel more drawn to be outside and um, there's more daylight. That makes a difference. Uh, I don't like electric lights a whole lot. So in the winter... I'm trying to carve and stitch when there's daylight, um, but there just isn't that much. So the rhythm of my days is just a little bit different and there's more time and energy and space now to make, which is really nice. And I think there is just this great sense of comfort in seeing that seasons repeat themselves over and over again, whatever else is happening in the world. And maybe that is something that other people find in religion, I don't know, of like having a, a rhythm and a structure to your year and your week and your day and your prayers, um, I'm finding that in this way right now, and I love it. I also love the idea of recycling as processing. So I think in any craft and art community, there's more and more space for discussions of around materials and you know what we use and how and where that's from, what the impact is. And I love working with things that have been recycled or at least that have been made with as little impact as possible. And I think that sometimes when we engage only intellectually with the facts of like, you know, this is how much waste we make each year or this is how much plastic there now is, it can feel really, really overwhelming. And for me, it's been helpful to really weave that into my making practice so that I can have a more embodied understanding of what that means and what impact my life has and the choices that I make. I also really love the idea of making beauty from what is and what we have and I think that is of course like also a really spiritual practice and that can be sitting down with the scraps of yarn or fabric or paper whatever you have and and also looking at your life and the choices that we've made so far the communities we're part of the homes we've built and seeing the imperfections and the flaws and maybe the fragments of different the different pieces that we're working with 
and letting that be good enough to make something really beautiful and and honoring and appreciating ourselves and each other for the openness of of making with imperfection and then the final thing I'll say I really enjoy is making things that are kind of items of remembrance so I um I trained as a death doula a few years back and that's become a more present theme in my life this year again this winter and I I don't know what how I will share that work yet but it is really important to me and one idea I have that I'm so excited for is in the autumn this year to bring together a small group of people to make our own funeral uh, shrouds I really love working with linen or recycled cotton and I have been learning about natural burials and the impact of embalming and this kind of this kind of denial of death in a way where we're trying to make things look like they're still alive or how we kind of really turn away from dead bodies and how our relationship with the end of life has changed so much and what does what it does to us spiritually and I really hope that I will grow old. I hope everyone I love will grow really old. And so I think that making a funeral shroud is not at all about like <clears throat> not wanting to be alive or um, or trying to kind of move faster towards death. I think it's quite the opposite to me. It's really making this piece that I will hang in my home as a reminder that I'm not going to live forever. I really want to be present for all the gifts I get to experience in this life and for being in this body as much as I can. And I think, again, that that confrontation and learning about death and maybe even making peace with death is something that we can't just do intellectually. So sitting together in a circle to stitch and make these pieces of remembrance, I think is going to be really beautiful. Um, and I think and it doesn't have to be about death. It can be about heartbreak or someone we love or beautiful things that we want to remember but making and creativity is such a beautiful way to make something of meaning for yourself that you can have in your home and that reminds you so yeah thank you so much for coming to my little waffle about making and creativity a spiritual nourishment really hope that you got something out of this i would so appreciate a review if you feel inclined if you want to join the Creative Nature Coven, I'll link to that as well. And maybe I'll see you at the upcoming workshop next weekend. Bye.